The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change, and when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn. Yes, even you. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Well, hello. And welcome to another episode of Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson. Yes, I am Kat, and today you're in for a treat. You are in for such a treat. This episode is all about sales. Hands up if you find sales comfortable. Hands up if you like sales. Well, I'm not a fan of selling, I must admit, and I've needed to learn many times over my career how to sell. And today's guest as you're about to hear, she is a freak because she loves selling, even cold selling. And so what you're about to listen to is a fantastic conversation around how to overcome your discomfort when it comes to sales, how to get comfortable with selling and why it's probably not what you think it is. So, um, yes, stay tuned. Before I jump in, though, how are you? How's your day going? How's your week? How's your world? I hope you are well. I hope you are finding moments of joy. And I hope that you are making the progress in your world that you want to. As you listen to this episode, as you're working out on the train, in the car, walking, wherever it is, um, If you have any questions or if you think, wow, that was just fantastic, I would love for you to leave a comment or a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening on. Most podcast platforms these days do give you that opportunity. So please just, when it's safe to do so, just drop me a note, leave a comment or leave a review. Why? Because that is the best way for this podcast to be found by other people and I am on a mission to help as many, as many impact-orientated leaders as possible to find their voice and to find their confidence to use their voice so that they can be heard and so that they can make their impact, their dent in the universe. So with all of that said, Now let's get stuck into the episode. So you're about to hear a conversation between myself and Frances Pratt from Metasan. Now Frances, as I said, she is a self-confessed geek and she loves selling, loves. So listen in, I'm quite sure you will enjoy and you will pick up some fantastic tips for overcoming any discomfort you might feel when it comes to sales. I'll see you at the other end. Francis Pratt, welcome to Speaking with Confidence. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. When you mentioned it last year, I just went, yes, I would love to. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> so many things in my life, I'm quite convinced I do it because it's just that response of, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Francis, I have just mentioned in the introduction who you are and why I'm excited to have you here, but 
Can you tell us in your own words, who are you, who are you? what do you do, what do you, um, what's well, your world look like? I have a confession that I love selling, um, <laughs> <laughs> even cold calling. <gasps> I know, I'm a freak. Um, but Freaks welcome here. <laughs> and I spent about 17 years being a salesperson and a sales manager and all of those sort of things. And then when I set up my own business, I decided to help other people. And it's a bit like when you learn to drive a car, you forget all the things you do, right? It's only when you're then teaching other people, you go, why do I do that? Why is that good? And so when I first started, people would say to me, oh, Fran, you ask the best questions. And I'd go, why? Why are they good? And so they actually helped me create all my content. So I was able to... Um, over the next few years, really break apart what it is that buying and selling is in a very human way. So I love the logic of selling and the strategy. Um, I love strategy. But I also love people. So it's about human interaction and people say things for a reason. Mm. And we have to dig in to that. So um, yes. So I combine all of that in um, to help people, particularly women, who feel uncomfortable with the whole idea of selling. Well, let's... they think it's you know. Can you imagine that you know the big gold chains, the cigar hanging out the mouth, that that man? Sorry <laughs> to all the men who are listening. I don't but, think um, there's any of those men listening. Right. I don't yes, think I've got any gold chain cigar smoking men. Yeah. If I do, let me know. If you are a big gold chain, cigar smoking salesman uh, stereotype, I want to hear from you. I want to know. I want to know. (laughs) So, Frances, let's dig into that because, and let's start with the beginning because the reason I wanted to bring you onto the podcast is, yes, I'm also a freak, but not in that way. I do not like selling and I absolutely hate, despise, makes my skin crawl, cold calling. Like that's just... I will gouge my eyeballs out with a teaspoon before I do that. Right. Why do we find sales so uncomfortable? Well, I think, so going back to the cigar chewing gold laden used car salesman, it does start from that. So when I'm working, whether it's with a company or a team of people or an individual, I always start with a mindset. So if, even if you think about your beautiful introduction of selling and the eye gouging, right? <laughs> well, why? Why does it make you feel that way? And of course, if you feel like you are ripping people off or going to, or even you feel like you don't want to do that, often, you know, the opposite, you know, of what we're thinking okay, I definitely don't want to be too pushy, so we're too submissive, so we don't Mm -hmm. actually ask for the sale, right? Mm -hmm. Because I want to do everything not to be that person. And the truth is that um, selling is like a dance, and so it is human to human. It is skin-to-skin contact. It's like no other discipline in business. Um, There's no spreadsheets. I mean, there are. There are tools to help you in those sort of things, but the only way to really learn it is skin to skin because selling is all about understanding what that person sitting in front of me might be interested in, 
okay. And then once we know that, then we can think about, well, is what I offer actually interesting to that person? Is it something that actually might be able to help them and then discuss that with them? And then if you've had that discussion, then just simply saying, okay, well, we started here about understanding what your problem is. We then went there, which was, I think I might have a solution for you, which we discussed. We talked about what that might do for you, what outcomes you might get from that. Is that something that you want to go ahead with, right? So you make it sound it, so easy. It is easy. <laughs> but you, you can't do that if you've tied your legs together with the idea that um, I can't dance, right? So you're mm -hmm. a wallflower because you think I've got no rhythm, I've got no movement, and, and everyone can dance, everyone can sell. It's just I've got two rules, and I think you'll love these, um, Kat. So... Rule number one, be yourself. So I'm an out there, I love telling stories, I, I'm a bit cheeky, um, so that's what I'm like. I'm like this when I'm selling. Um, but equally, I've worked with deeply creative, deeply introverted, high nerd, like you, you name it, and I don't encourage them to be me because that feels and looks false. So be yourself. Step number two, get over yourself. <laughs> if you're going to learn to dance, you've got to put those, you know, the diagrams on the on the ground, and you've got to put your feet on there. I, th I was I was thinking before, what is it that I don't like about selling? It's it's less about being the sleazy used car salesman now, because I know I'm not. I I, I know yeah. that I am I am not that person. What I bump into is rejection. Oh, but what if they say they don't want me? What if what if they say what oh, I've got isn't it? Okay, so that problem is easy. That's a mindset problem as well. So here's the mindset that you're... So this is what I want to replace is that selling is about an outcome. Okay, so we're going to wipe that clean. And now we're going to replace it with selling is a process. So instead of seeing the end as a result, I want you to see each step as a result. So I confidently go out and talk to people about what I do, result. Someone shows interest, that's a result. Someone uh, contacts me or I contact them and say, hey, do you want to have a discussion about that? And they say yes or no, that's a result. Um, so beautiful selling or great selling as I call it is all about knowing what your process is and helping people go through that process in a really elegant beautiful way and it's about the process and it's about giving them space it's about giving them the tools it's about helping them come to a decision and that decision is either yes or no I so to me, a good sales process is all about having a clear roadmap um, that people are elegantly going through that and, and coming out the other end with a decision that's good for them. It's not about me. It's actually about them. So actually, great selling is very, very selfless, um, which is like um, the um... antithesis of what everybody else says. 
I'm, I'm grinning because that is exactly what I say about speaking. When you're getting when you're getting nervous about speaking, whether it's in a meeting or whether it's a presentation, you're focusing too much on what other people think of you and less on your message. It's about you know what are the what are the things that you want to get across um, as distinct to what other people's opinions of me are. So I'm just chuckling to myself. I'm like, oh, so my my willingness to sell (laughs) might be related to what I teach. But yes, and and I think that I think the other thing that I work on is um, often when I start working with people, I'll I'll say to them things like, oh, well, what you need to do is say this, 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 and they go, Fran, how did you do that? And I I do that because I've been doing it for nearly thirty years, right? Like I know stuff, um, and I say to them, listen, and most of most of <laughs> My clients are women and they've got kids, so I often use kids in my stories. <laughs> so I say to them, listen, when you first saw your toddler toddle, like not walk, but just take a few steps and then fall on their bum, um, did you say to them, that's it, you'll never walk? Loser. <laughs> um, no, you didn't. And why? Because they're just learning a new skill. Well, give yourself the same latitude. You are learning how to sell. It is a great thing to do. Everybody wants to walk. Everybody wants to sell. It's the same. So cut yourself some slack. You know, it's okay to fall on your bum. It's okay to not get everything perfect. In fact, that's one of the ways that selling is very different to marketing. Marketing is about getting the page and the thing, whatever it is, perfect having 17 different people proofread it, whatever, and then taking it out there. That's, that's the marketing mindset, right? I only take it out once I think it's perfect. Mm. The sales mindset is, well, I need to have conversation with my clients today, so I'm going to take whatever I've got, whether that's nothing or a 15-year-old brochure, and I'm going to go and talk to them and find out what they're interested in. And... I have this term that I use called the minimum lovable product. And I thought I was really clever a few years ago that I'd actually invented that word. And I was devastated, like could not get out of bed for 17 days. No, not that bad, but but (laughs) devastated to find that somebody else um, had come up with it because I Googled it. And I thought, I'm so clever. Anyway, in Agile, they have a thing called minimum viable product. Yeah. The problem with the term viable, and Agile's a tech thing. Well, that's where it started. Um, the problem with the term viable is that these tech, beautiful, wonderful, smart people, I was going to say smart answers. Anyway, <laughs> smart people, um, take the term viable and go, what can I do? Introvert, 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 right? And I want to flip them around and I say, no, 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 it's not about what you can do. Well, it is about what you can do, but only something that is acceptable, lovable by your client and that they will pay for. I love that. Having having spent a lot of my time in startup land where an MVP or minimum viable product is so much part of the vernacular. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's exactly what what is viable. Oh, well, it's just this little bit extra. And it's, no, we can't put that out to the market. It's got to be yeah. this and this and this. I love this concept of what's a minimum lovable 
um, product. And I must admit too, the times when I have spoken to somebody, not even realizing that I was in a sales conversation, but they've said, well, could you just do this for me? And you're like, it never occurred to me to just do that. And they go, yeah, yeah. What, what, what would you charge for that? <laughs> uh, okay. So I love that. An, an L, MLP. That is harder yeah. to say. An MLP. A MULP. A MULP. A MULP. I love yeah. it. I love it. Because and I, I've spent a lot of time in startup land too. I remember, oh gosh, it might have even been 10 years ago when startup um Launch 48 was here um, in Australia. I don't know whether they still do it. Anyway, I was one of the judges on the panel and all these teams came in and um, the first thing I said to them was, well, how many customers have you spoken to? And they said, we've only got 48 hours to start a business. Why do we need to talk to customers? And I go, yes. (laughs) Well, because you want someone to buy something. And there's this fantastic story about these guys, um, I think they were guys, anyway, people who were building an app for runners so that if you went to a particular city and you like to run, not me, I hate running, um, um, then it, it gave you different paths, blah, blah, blah. And so they took this prototype out to all these people and all of the women Every single one said, is that lit? How well lit is that at night? And it's something they hadn't even thought about. Because they hadn't spoken to customers. But something that was very important to 50% of the market. So, um, you know, they're the sort of things. And I I joke with people and they say, you know, you don't want to spend 10 years of your life building a mousetrap only to go to the market and find that everyone has a cockroach problem. Yep. And I'm just thinking, going back to your analogy of, or your advice to me, stop thinking of sales as an outcome, but think of it as a process. If every conversation I perceived as um, collecting more data, collecting more information, collecting more insight from what my customers actually want, um, rather than giving them a mousetrap to solve their cockroach problem. Yeah, I love that. Exactly, exactly. When people... um, I mean, there's probably many different parts of the sales process where people really trip up, certainly in that initial pace, in that cold calling. Actually, no, let's go there. How do you do a cold call? If you're doing cold calling, how do you start that conversation? Okay, so it's back to what I said before. You've got to make it about them and not about you. So if I'm going to contact someone, I have a hypothesis, an hypothesis. Anyway, you know what I mean. Yep. A-N. Hypothesis. Um, um, what am I trying to say? I, I've got a hypothesis that this person is in need of this thing, whatever this thing is. And I have some evidence. So I don't just go, it's not, you know, have you got solar panels, you know. Um, but if I was selling solar panels, I might say something that I think this person. So if it's a household, um, I might say something like, um, have you been surprised by your last electricity bill? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. So my whole goal isn't to at them. um, And for those who are listening and not viewing, I just stuck out my tongue. Um, uh, 
had pulled a face or was that real in your face face yeah 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 so the whole purpose of of the launch into the conversation is to get them talking not to listen to you so the more research i've done um on the likes and dislikes why people get solar panels or don't get solar panels or what that what they experience at the result of that and da 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 um the more i can say something that's that that has real cut through oh i've actually got a really good example okay i was working with um, a company that helps childcare centers do fit outs right and it's gazetted so everybody knows when a new childcare center is going to be built and so every man and their dog um ring up and say do you want toilet paper do you want blah blah do you want Blah, blah. Can you imagine how many pe- phone calls these poor people get? Mm-hmm. So I was working with my client. I said to them, I said to her, okay, so how many childcare centers have you opened? And she said, oh, about 200. I went, great. So tell me, what do you think the number one concern might be for someone who's about to open and, and do their fit out, thinking about their fit out? She said, oh, well, what's important and how much money they've got? Like, where, where should they spend money? Okay, and is that something you could might be able to help them with? She said, yeah, no, absolutely, that's one of the key things we do. And I said, fantastic. Would you be able to build out like a uh, opening budget cost calculator? She said, I've never thought of that. She said, absolutely. So now she calls and she doesn't say, do you want? She says, listen, um, I've helped people just like you open, uh, I think we're up to 237 now, um, childcare centres. And what I've done with that information is put together an opening budget calculator. So if you can tell me how many rooms, what the occupancy, you know, what occupancy you want, etc., I'll be able to give you a starting point for your budget. Is that something that might be of value to you? Yeah, you can say yes to that, yeah. And the beauty of that, so we're always thinking about value. There's Mm. a great book. Oh, I'm just about to send one to a client. So I've got one handy (laughs) called The Go-Giver. Love, love, love. And um, Kat, uh, what I will do is there's a really cool two-minute video on YouTube with the key ideas. Awesome. But the whole idea of that is not how do we go and get what we want but how do what what have we got that is of value that we can give to the other person and the more you give the more value you get because it's reciprocal of course um so the beauty about this opening calculator idea was that not only do they go yes and they give her some more information when she calls back and says, how did you go with that? Their conversation is at a completely different level. Yeah. Oh, I really like this. I thought this was on, this wasn't on. And you mentioned this. I'd never thought of that. Like now because they've got a tool, yeah. they actually have a different level of conversation. And that's because of trust. Yeah. I love it. I love it. The other end, I mean, the, 
We, we could do an entire masterclass on the sales process, but that is not the purpose of this particular episode, so we won't. But what I will do is I'll go to the other end of that sales process um, when it comes to asking for the money, you know, like the, the end of a sales process. And I, may, I do most of my sales calls in webinars. Um, you know, I'll do, do the workshops and then at the end I'll walk people through the program. And there is that part where you go, and that will be a total of $995. Now I've practiced and I'm really congruent now in my sales proposition, but I know when I first started, it was, how do you, what's your guidance for people who struggle with asking for the money and asking for that sale? Okay, so it does come back to value. Mm. So if in the process, and whether that's a a webinar process or a one-to-one process or, or whatever, You've been clear because you know about the value that they're going to get out of it, then that value proposition comes out in what you're asking mm. right so so and what i what I encourage people to do, whether it's a group webinar type situation or a one to one situation, when they're getting ready to do that is to go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. and say, so thank you so much for attending my webinar today or thank you so much for meeting me today. Today what we've done is we've discussed this, 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 this and this. Um, I just love the comments that I've had during the webinar on these things and I can really see that you've gotten value out of that. Um, and one of the reasons that I do this webinar is so that um, I can offer people who are interested uh, the next step. And what that looks like is this, 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 and this. And people who've done that um, course tell me that there's these points of value. So you've gotten this and you think, and now we can take that to the next level if that's something that you're interested in. So what that looks like is 10 sessions of this blah, 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 blah. Um, And I'll be sending you an email at the end of the webinar. So don't worry if you're madly scribbling this down. Um, But I do want to let you know that there's a limited time on it. Um, And I've got a price of blah, which, uh, and I normally sell it for blah, and that is open for the next 48 hours. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for contributing. I really hope that every single one of you have got something out of today because that's my goal. And for those that may be interested um, in exploring the further option, be very happy to answer any questions. Please come back to me um, if there's anything that you don't understand or want to clarify. But go out there and be great presenters or something. That was a level, that was just, that was gold. I want to let listeners and watchers know that that question was not preempted. I did not give Francis the heads up that I was going to ask. And so that was magic, just watching you do that. And what I want to call out, because um, people in my programs say the same thing about me, and it's because you've got a framework, right, Francis? Like you, when I said this is what happens for me at the end, you just went, oh, okay, so I need to do the recap. I need to reestablish the value. I need to say the price. I need to give the scarcity. I need to give the living of time. Like you just went through all of your pieces. Yes. And I think one of the things um, that I would both 
challenge and encourage people to do is go and talk to your customers, the people who've yeah. already bought from you, and really deeply understand what that value proposition is. Mm. Because, um, as, you know, I know for a fact there are things that people have got out of your webinar or whatever that you are not aware of. And that's where the gold is. So not only are you, can you put that into your sales conversation and say, you know, clients that I talk to tell me, which makes it so much easier to talk about yourself because mm -hmm. you're not, you're just repeating yeah. what they've said. Yeah. But here's the great part of this psychology. It shows that you're a reflexive learner. It shows future customers how you treat past customers. Mm -hmm. It shows that you interested it shows that you understand that you touch base with them that you do review so it shows so much about your process of working mm. um that it is really encouraging because That's... i think in the buyer's mind right so when they're getting to the decision point their fear of risk goes up right yeah. So just using words like the clients that I work with who are just like you, it, it, that's what we're de-risking, de-risking, de-risking. Um, and it's not made up. <laughs> no, it's all real. And, that's exactly yes, right. And if you have spoken to half a dozen of your clients and you've got these beautiful little vignettes and stories that you can just pepper in, um, it just sounds so much better because of because they can hear the pride in your voice. Yeah. And I know that with your speaking stuff, Kat, you will talk about how people sit and what they do with their body will come across in their voice. Yep. And I do the same thing with cold calling. You know, if you call going, oh my God, I really don't want to hear, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, then it sounds, and for those who are listening, I'm just... Crunching, crunching over yeah. in fear whereas if I do the same thing and I have confidence and I look confident shoulders down uh, you know chin up vocal cords ready um, then my ability to influence the other person be it face to face or over the phone or any other way is massively increased so, yes, and I, Kat, I can see you um, smiling like the cat that got the cream, right? Because these are all the things that you talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is why I wanted to bring you on because part of the reasons why I do interviews in the podcast now is to showcase speaking in different environments and, you know, sales conversations, even with the frameworks that I teach, they're still confronting because we're increasing the risk for ourselves, well, the perceived risk for ourselves as well as for our customer. I, I yeah. could talk with you about this for all day, but our listeners might have other things to do. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, no. So, no. What, what else would you have to do than to listen to this? So <laughs> what I would love to do, I'm going to ask you in a moment where people can find you. But before that, what's your number one speaking tip? And professional, I guess, you know, particularly in your professional slash sales context what are your what's your top speaking tip i one of the tools that i use is because 
you might not believe it from watching slash listening to this, but I get nervous too. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I love to do is just be really honest with the audience. I remember one time I drove, I was uh, presenting to a group of about 50, uh, you know, 50-something uh, business professionals, right? Yeah, so I had my, I had everything prepared. Um, I am a bit of a fly by the seat of your pants person, so, fun, but it? I had everything prepared. Anyway, I get there, and as I'm kind of two minutes away from the venue, I realize that I haven't put my business high heels on. I've still got my thongs on, right? So I've got this outfit. And thongs. They were nice thongs. Yeah, they had a bit of glitter and stuff on them. So nice. But I thought, well, I can't go home. I can't go back and get shoes. That's just not happening. So, and I felt, I was mortified, right? I felt really embarrassed. So instead of hiding my shoes, I started, I used that as an introduction. So thank you so much for, um, allowing me to come and speak to you today. I got so excited, I forgot to change my shoes. <laughs> so I had the whole outfit and the high heels sorted, uh, but you're just going to have to listen to me in thongs. So, um, and so I'm sorry for the Americans who are listening yeah, to this. A thong is something that you wear on your foot. Yeah, yeah, flip-flops. <laughs> flip-flops, thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so that eased, that gave me ease because it was the elephant in the room for me. Mm-hmm. It made everyone laugh and, and relax as well in the audience. And so I often look for things like that, that um, show me as being, uh, like when I was preparing for this, I thought, oh, yep, yep, yep. I was reading Kat's email and it said, we're doing video as well. And I went, okay, two minutes. <laughs> to two I better go and put some makeup on (laughs) been there done that and can I also say I've also had the shoe mishap as well I used to wear Doc Martens with my corporate outfits while I was running around town and then I'd put my heels on for stage events and it was literally moments before I'm about to introduce the Lord Mayor and you know there there is some protocol when you've got elected reps like you 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 show up you look nice and I was I I was wearing my hot pink my hot patent pink Doc Martens with my silver socks and my corporate gear and I'd forgotten my heels I'd left them at the office and so I just had to go this is me this is how I roll yeah 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 and everyone laughed I just want to encourage everyone um you do have a voice you do have a unique story it doesn't matter um, if there's little bits that are a bit wrong and actually your audience engages with that because they want to see you as human. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yeah, that's how they connect, right? Yeah. So Francis, where can people find you? Where should they go if they want more of your awesomeness? (laughs) So I've got a website, uh, which is metafan.com.au and, um, New Year's resolution, I know we're not supposed to do those anymore or when in, anyway. New Year's um, intention. I, I do, yes, intention. Uh, I do intend to uh, spend some more time on LinkedIn. Okay. So we can year. find you there as well. And I'll post yeah. those links, of course, in the show notes. Thank you. Francis, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate your time.
Pleasure. I said it was a treat, huh? It'd be like a great big bowl of ice cream with your favourite sprinkles or your favourite brownie. How good was that and how... God, how generous is Frances with her, not only her information, but with her reassurance that it is perfectly okay to be yourself in a sales conversation. And it's not about the outcome. It's about the process. It's about getting results along the way. So I highly recommend that you go check out Frances's website or, of course, if you're a LinkedIn person, then find her on LinkedIn. I will have the links to both of those in the show notes. Now, are you receiving my weekly speaker's notes emails? If you're not, you want to because every week I pop not only a working out loud little musing of my own, but also a speaking tip that is well earned and well learned. I also share upcoming programs and opportunities to work with me, both free and paid. So it really is the best way to know what's going on and to ensure that you don't miss out on any goodness. So simply head over to impactfulpresenters.com and you will have the opportunity to grab a copy of my free ebook, How to Stop Rambling, and at the same time, sign up for my weekly newsletter, Speaker's Notes. So just head over to impactfulpresenters.com and get on the list. Get on that magical list of all the goodness. Thank you again for listening. I really do hope that you found it valuable and useful. And again, leave me a review, leave a comment, do your thing so more people can hear about this podcast. And until next time, here's to confidence and here's to impact. I'll see you really soon.